0: Trek Geeks is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 200 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code on your next order at fansets.com just for Trek Geeks listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. Hi, this is Andy Robinson, Elam Garrick, and Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little podcast this side of the Gamma Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks Podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Failure to tune in would not sit well with the Obsidian Order.
1: the temperature controlled pod fleet command vault at the pod fleet command special archives where we have unearthed a show format that we've not used in 14 months rumor has it that it's the biggest little show this side of the alpha quadrant and the flagship of the trek geeks podcast network greetings one and all welcome to trek geeks i'm your co-host bill smith welcome to episode number 206 wow it's just one of these days somebody's going to figure out we shouldn't be doing this, and, and <laughs> we're just going to keep going until then. And by we, of course, I mean my co-host and I. Unfortunately, when I unearthed the show format, I also unearthed him in all his horrible powers. He's—I <laughs> can only think that Imhotep would be worse, but he's not. He's somebody I would like to mummify. He's—he's uh, he's Dan Davidson. Dan, hey buddy, welcome hey, back. Imhotep. That's a, you know, that's a great movie thank you. It's, yeah. a,
0: it's a it's a favorite you know what else isn't is is great you know what else is great your face well, well that goes without saying but see it or skip it baby we're back oh my god this is fantastic I'm so excited it's been 14 months like you said that's a long time um of not of not voting on episodes and I have been looking forward to this one for quite a while
1: we, you know we we thought about it. It's like we could have kept going with Theater Skippets last year, but we knew we had an anniversary this year for Voyager. We know we've got an anniversary year next year for Enterprise, so it made sense to take a break from the Theater Skippets and and just sort of uh, bring them back for anniversary years, which I think just worked out pretty well. Um, it just so happens that we had already done Voyager Season 1 many, many, many moons ago.
0: The very first Theater Skippet, actually.
1: It was. I don't... Wow, God, what episode is that? Somebody uh, actually...
0: Yeah, I'll find
1: it. Somebody brought that up on Twitter the other day. I want to say it's like episode 58 or something. That's um, cool. But here we are at 206, and, and we're still doing Theater Skip It So it's a format we love. We're lucky to be joined by a great friend of ours, Dan, um, our good friend Debbie Moltisanti, who actually organizes the Theater It or It polls in Camp Kittimer uh, for all the, the campers there to vote on, which is pretty cool.
0: That is pretty cool. You are correct. Your, your memory... Is is like a duotronic circuit because it's right on. Uh, episode number 58, back on May 5th of 2016, according to my records. I
1: assure you it's only because somebody brought it up on Twitter the other day. Otherwise, I would never have known.
0: <laughs> All right, then you are dumb. Okay, I'm glad we got that taken care of.
1: Oh, dumber than a stump I am. <laughs> uh, something else you can take care of, my friend, is telling people how they can get in touch with us about their see-its and skip-its.
0: Absolutely. If you're looking to get in touch with us, you can head right on over to trekgeeks.com slash contact, and there you will find a plethora of ways to communicate with your two favorite geeks. Let's see, there's Skype chat, there's email, there's uh, voicemail by way of that big giant blue button using SpeakPipe. Whatever way you want to contact us, make it so, because... Bill and I love hearing from you. Plus, there's also the most positive Star Trek group on Facebook called Camp Kittimer, of course. It's our official group, and it's where over 1,600 other friends gather to talk Trek. It's always positive. There's never any bashing or ever any gatekeeping allowed. To join the group, head on over to facebook.com slash groups slash and be ready to be part of a truly wonderful social experience. And as always, we want to thank our wonderful admins, Haley, Jackie, Sarah, and Dan, for the amazing job they do running the camp. But what episode was that from? Come on, let's hear it. Uh,
1: Wink of an eye.
0: There you go so I really actually said I'll slow it down for you remember that any comments or messages you leave us in any of these places may be used in a future episode
1: see I thought at first you were asking which Trek Geeks episode and I, was, I have no idea so I just went for TOS <laughs> you, you read my
0: mind it's like we, we know what we're thinking
1: oh that's the scariest oh, yeah. thought on the planet Well, Dennis, we do every week in every episode. It's time to talk about our dear, dear friends at Fansets and the, the just amazing line of pins and accessories they have available over at fansets.com.
0: You know, Bill, it's another week, and here we are with another awesome announcement. From our friends at Fansets. Recently, they announced that on February 15th, they would be taking pre-orders for the Starfleet Delta and the Starfleet Visitor pin as seen on Star Trek Picard. Well, due to heavy demand for the pin, pre-orders are happening right now at fansets.com as we record. So head right on over there. Um, They are certain to sell out very soon. So fansets.com and put in that pre-order. You will not be disappointed. They are absolutely gorgeous. Also, we are very excited to let everyone know that John, Lou, and the entire Fansets team is hard at work on the upcoming Voyager 25 collector set, which will be showcased at STLV this summer. Now, Bill and I have been very lucky to see the preliminary art, and believe me, this one is going to be absolutely incredible. We were blown away when we saw it, weren't we, man?
1: That's not an exaggeration by any means. I I can't wait to get this set in my hands. It's going to go right with all my other Fansets sets. And uh, I'm excited to get these collectibles. So It's going to be amazing. Uh, and, of course, even better news, Dan, is that Trek Geeks listeners can receive an amazing 15% off their order at fansets.com. And it's just it's incredibly easy to do. I mean, head on over to fansets.com. Put a bunch of stuff into your cart, whether it's Star Trek pins or Harry Potter pins or Firefly pins, even though nobody watches that show. Firefly. And accessories and, and you know, uh, you name it. Just put it into your cart. And then a checkout. Look for that special discount code field and enter the word Lizard Babies. (laughs) That's Lizard Babies, L I Z A R D B A B I E S, all together, no spaces, all capital letters. This 15% off bonus code, referencing the Voyager episode threshold, will be available until Wednesday, February 19th, 2020, at midnight Eastern Standard Time.
0: That might be the best code we've ever had. <laughs> it might be. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of Trek Geeks. Well, Bill, here we are. It's been a year. It's been over a year. It's over. Here, see it or skip it. This is awesome. And what else is awesome is we've got a very special referee, I guess you could call it, uh, for this episode, as we like to say. Um, she's an amazing friend. She's a more incredible member of Camp Kittimer, actually. She is the one who came up with the whole awesome idea of having, spe- of having people give their votes on See It or Skip It uh, in Camp Kittimer. Oh, God, it was so long ago. And we figured, you know what? It's about time that we had her on the show because um, you took too long to invite her, so here she is. Wow. Uh, she-, wow. <laughs> she, is she is the wonderful... Debbie Multisanti, Debbie, it is fi- it is so good to finally have you on the show. We're going to have a good time here tonight.
2: Absolutely, Dan and Bill. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here.
1: You know, the thing that Dan didn't tell you is that he's the vice president of guest relations <laughs> for Coconut Media Works and he's the one who invites all the guests. So really the failing here belongs to Dan who looks like he's floating in space. He looks like he's got a virtual background of the the 1701 behind him in in this meeting that we're in and you're just you need to be wearing Kirk Stollian web suit.
0: I sh- oh, I would. I should have done that. Yeah, yeah, sorry. But now I feel bad because, yeah, I am usually personal on I to guess. But you know what? It's been so long since we did a theater skip it <laughs> that it just it's floated out of my head. And since you're the executive producer of the show, you should have had a theater skip it sooner. So I'd remember. So it actually is your fault. But we're not going to worry about that tonight. We're, let's blame it on Voyager since it's their <laughs> anniversary. So
1: for, for those who are catching up or those who may not have heard other theater skip it episodes, here's how it works. Um, See it or skip it as shorthand for which episodes can you comfortably skip and you know the 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 secret here is that we want you to watch all of them I mean (laughs) we love Star Trek we love all Star Trek even Star Trek that's not so great but you know the, the fun thing is here which episodes would we see and which episodes wouldn't we see so Debbie you have the honor (laughs) of being the guest referee, and we promise that we will be slightly better behaved than the individuals you'll deal with on a daily basis in your chosen profession. Uh, that, uh, no promises there, Bill. <laughs> Dan and I will go through and rate each episode, see it or skip it and why. And of course, Debbie will uh, chime in with her vote as well. And then we're also going to reveal the, uh, the Camp Kittimer vote, which of course, Debbie organizes for every one of these episodes and we're so grateful for. So with that, uh, Debbie, uh, you are welcome to kick things off with episode one okay thanks
2: bill let's see episode one is the 37s and the voyager crew discovers several people who were abducted during 1937 including amelia Earhart, cryogenically frozen on a distant planet and we're going to start with um dan on this one please
0: Ooh, I get to kick off the season. Wow. Well, I'm kicking this one right to the curb of that <laughs> the street where that dumb red truck was. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, guys. I got to give this one a skip it, and it's really sad to have to do that on the first episode. I mean, I'm sorry, kid. The premiere just doesn't work for me. It's a, There's a pickup truck in space. That should be your first indication of trouble looming for season two. Um, and I got to say, I think that Shannon Lawrence as Earhart was kind of dull, and David Graff as Fred Noonan. I. I couldn't stand them. I could not stand them in this episode. Police Academy be damned. Um, I like the idea of the alien abduction and what happened to them back in the 30s, but the story's weak for me and it really set set season two off on the long foot for me. Bill. Wow. That is
1: yeah. that is tough talk. I mean, yeah. You would say that about Eugene Tackleberry. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm stunned. Although for me it's a skip it as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> to paraphrase the Eagles, it's a nerd, my lord, and a flatbed Ford. Uh, <laughs> slowing down to take a look at me. This episode lost me <sighs> from the beginning. We saw that pickup truck. Um, it should work because it has one of those original series type feels about it. I could totally see a version of this happening, you know, in like a, a season four of, of the original Star Trek, but I just don't think this is executed very well. Uh, Debbie, what say you?
2: Well, uh, allow me to dissent. I gave it a see, it yes, m- mostly because, um, if, if a giant hand in space can be holding the Enterprise still, I can live with a, with the, a, a truck in space. Come on, that could totally happen. Well, there you go. So, <laughs> And just, you know, like just, I don't know, I'm a history buff to begin with. And the whole idea of Amelia Earhart and what happened to her kind of makes me think back to, uh, you know, Zephyrin Cochran out in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. that they stumble upon. So, uh, the th- I'm going to start out the season on a favorable note and give this one a see it.
1: Well, you're not alone, Debbie. It looks like at least 70% of the respondents in Camp Kittimer uh, agreed with you. And Dan and wow. I are, are really sort of kicked to the curb here on this one. Um, uh, I guess we are really just missing the mark already. And it's it's only the first episode of the season yeah oh, we're,
2: oh well <laughs> oh well on to episode two I guess. on to episode two which would be initiations jacote is captured by a young Kazan who is undergoing a manhood ritual and we are gonna throw this one over to you bill
1: um there's a time-honored tradition in See It or Skip It. We've done <laughs> oh, this God. now for for years, it seems. Well, I guess it has. With the exception of last year, we've done it every year the the Geeks podcast. And usually this takes place much further in the See It or Skip It episode. But for now, I give you this. Skip it. Meh. <laughs> it's the first meh of the season, Dan, and it comes right on the heels of the season premiere.
0: Really quick. Wow. Skip it, meh. I got to tell you, man, we're our first difference. Cause I'm giving this one a see it and I got to explain why Um, it may be a completely emotional vote to have it as a see it because this, of course the Kazon youth is played by the late Aaron Eisenberg. Um, And of course his passing last year hit a lot of people hard. Everybody knows I'm not a fan of Kazon. Can't stand him. I've never been a fan. I never will be a fan. And other, unlike other things in Star Trek that I haven't liked, this isn't something that is going to change, no matter how hard I try to let it change or how many people try to talk me into it. That being said, Aaron's performance here as Car may be the best appearance of a Kazon in the series. And they're the Klingons of the Delta Quadrant. It's okay for them to kill a 13-year-old boy for failing an assignment. Really? Really? Uh, but for Aaron's sake, it's a see it because at least he tries to make the case for the Kazon in Star Trek. So yeah, all right. Don't like the
1: Kazon. <laughs> I'm getting that, <laughs> Debbie. It's up to you now to uh, to write the ship.
2: <laughs> um, I'm siding with Dan on this one. I gave it uh, a see it for the exact same reason. Aaron Eisenberg, yeah. uh, just um, it's it still hurts and and it's intre- It's great to see him in a different role. Um, You know, my other thing that, uh, Bill, uh, Dan, I'm right with you. I cannot stand the K's on. Oh, I knew it was a good
0: idea to have you on. God,
2: I can't stand the K's on. But uh, it's Aaron, and he's not with us anymore. And the, the opportunities to see him are limited. So I will give this one a see it.
1: So what you all can gather from this is that Bill is a heartless bastard. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, um, hey, just because of this episode decision.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think this just adds to the evidence. <laughs> we'll assume facts already in evidence, Dan, um, camp Kittimer, uh, agrees with the two of you, um, because they are not heartless as I, uh, again, roughly a uh, 70% of respondents said that they would see this episode. Um, it's, that that's a that's certainly a commanding lead. Um, I, I clearly am in the minority on this one, Debbie. All
2: right, then let's move on to episode three: projections. The doctor tries to determine what is real and what is not when he is activated due to what appears to be a shipwide emergency. And this one goes to you, Mister Davidson.
0: Yes, uh, this is a see it for me. I I love this episode, Barkley. I mean, what else do you have to say? Um, I think that this is a step-out moment for uh, Robert Picardo as the Doctor. And there's some great twists in this, and it's, it's fun for me. Yeah, it's a holiday Gone Wrong episode, which we've seen about 99 times in 100 Star Trek stories, but I'm still good with it. I still give it see. It, Bill.
1: You know, I have to agree with you. You know, as a, as a Voyager completist now, um, uh... I have to say this is one of the episodes that really turned me around on the Doctor. Um, I don't think I understood or got the character before when I attempted to watch Voyager live uh, when it was on UPN, but in in the rewatch and actually focusing on this, I I actually see the brilliance of of why this character is is on board. And this is just a fun episode and it's a great performance by Picardo. Um, And I think that this early in the run, it shows the great promise of his character. Debbie.
2: I love the doctor. I love everything that happened to him. I gave this episode a skip. It it just doesn't do
0: anything for me. Wow, wow. great
1: contrarian.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Feel my beating heart. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the news
1: flash here is that you have a heart, Dan. I
0: knew. Oh, <laughs> stepped on that rake right yeah, there. Yeah,
1: you did, okay. dummy. Wow. Um, wow. Well, you know, sixty-seven um, percent, just over two thirds of Camp Kittimer said they too would see this episode so already camp kittimer is uh is on the see it bandwagon and um uh, uh, on this time dan and i are so it's it's actually a major miracle um this is our first see it joint see it of the season dan
0: right we haven't had a we haven't had one that all three of us are in agreement with that. i know so that's so really interesting the but season maybe, is young that's true and uh, yeah.
1: maybe it changes with episode four debbie <laughs> it might so
0: i hope so uh
2: let's see it's episode four is elogium The Voyager encounters a swarm of mysterious life forms that has a strange effect on the ship's key operating system and whose presence accelerates Kess's reproductive cycle. This one goes to you, Bill.
1: Yeah, this one's a skip it for me. You know, Kess was a character that had great potential. This episode does not deliver on that potential in any way, shape, or form. I think it would have been better served later in Voyager's run had they decided to actually keep Cass around, and had they made the character more compelling.
0: Dan... Yeah, well, um, two out of three so far are gonna be agreeing because I gave this one a skip it with all capital letters. Um, I am I'm not a Cass fan. I'm sorry. Um, I don't think the writers gave her enough to do. And when they did and tried to, it just didn't work, like in this episode. And I don't mean any disrespect to Jennifer Lean, but I just never connected with the character. And this episode certainly didn't help. Her crazed look when she's having the elogium didn't work for me. And um this was a reset button episode, and this elogium didn't actually count, even though they can only have one. Huh? <laughs> Deb, <laughs> uh,
2: I have a big skip it on this. Yes! I am just uh, same. I Kess I, as a character. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened, but it, to me, Kess never happened. And this episode in particular, I just thought was
0: <laughs> appalling. <laughs> Hashtag appalling. You
1: know, we're not alone this time. So this is unanimous across the board, even with Camp Kittimer. Uh, Two thirds majority uh, says that this is a definite skip it. Good. Um, so all around, nobody's <laughs> really big on elogium. and, uh, is it any surprise?
2: Or Kess's <laughs> reproductive
1: cycle. Yeah, I think oh. I think Neelix and Tom Paris are the only ones who are interested in that question. <laughs> <probably. laughs> yeah, don't get me started. I know, I know, I'm right there. But uh, I guess we move on to episode five.
2: Yes, which is non-sequitur. Harry Kim wakes up in San Francisco having never been assigned to Voyager, which Starfleet considers lost. And this one goes to you, Dan.
0: Uh, I gave this one to see-it. Um, I really like this episode. Partly, Bill, one of the reasons I like it is because we get to see some of the sets that it was filmed on when we were in Hollywood a few weeks ago, which is always cool. Um, but hear me out here. I'm giving it a see it for the story and the alternate reality aspect and all the stuff Harry's, Harry goes through. But the reason that he goes through it is so stupid and a perfect example of the poor writing to end some episodes that I have criticized Voyager about for years but I'm still giving it a see it. So I'm being nice.
1: Oh, how magnanimous of you, Mr. Davidson. Thank you, thank you. I I bow in deference to such a a vast (laughs) and keen intellect. Um, But I must agree with you. It's a see it. I I actually kind of like seeing Harry Kim in this situation. You know, he embodies the real hope in Voyager. And this episode is one that speaks to that hope that's inside of Harry Kim, while giving him a really significant challenge i mean this is something he really has to brain his way out of so uh i i definitely like this episode debbie we're gonna see if we go three for three again this time
2: we are three for three i gave this a see it as well uh i just you know harry spends especially the early episodes being the you know let's get home at any cost let's get home at any cost uh, and and to me this was a like a maturing for him where he knew he had to do the right thing he yep. knew he didn't belong where he was and had to get back where he was supposed to be so and I really liked also that little bit of his relationship with the girlfriend that he had to leave behind so right.
1: This episode works for me. No, I agree with that. And in fact, it works very well for Camp Kittimer. Uh, I'm going to say at least uh, 72% say that they would see this episode. And that's uh, that's high praise. So um, yay for the long-suffering Harry Kim and non sequitur, Debbie.
2: We are on to episode six, Twisted. A strange spatial distortion afflicts the ship and has the entire crew literally lost on their own ship. And we will start this one out with you, Bill.
1: Thank you. Um, This one for me is a borderline see it. This is an example of an overthought bottle show that easily could have been a TNG episode. Now, I admit, by far, it's nowhere near the worst of Voyager by any means. And there really are worse ways to spend an hour in Star Trek, like later this season. And we'll get there,
0: Dan. (laughs) (laughs) So Twisted is the title. So it basically is named Bill Smith. Anyway, I am giving this a skip it, actually, which surprises me because the first couple of times I've seen it, I think I enjoyed it. But my rewatch, this really is a mess of an episode for me. It's totally unbelievable. And none of the attempted humor that they try to throw in this episode worked for me in any way, shape, or form. And this, to me, is the definition of an episode full of technobabble that goes completely wrong. What do you think, Deb? Who do you agree with this time? Yeah.
2: Ooh, um, I actually gave it a see. It um, um, but I will say my note to myself is neelix jealousy is on my last nerve in this episode and yeah. that almost caused me to go over like neelix jealousy uh, i'm over it i can't stand it
1: i i'm right there with you there's just so much that that, that and i think a lot of it's a cast factor for neelix um i, I think a lot of it is how poorly the cast character is written and then they sort of ham hand that relationship but
0: so if if you're sick of it now just wait till next uh, i know right (laughs) no
1: kidding well twisted as far as camp kittimer was concerned they're they're very high on this season of voyager so far another 70 percent seven out of 10 respondents say that they would see this episode so um well not everybody can be right um but like me yeah, okay, that's a first. So, yeah, speaking of uh, Neelix, um, let's go to episode seven.
2: Parturition. After a disagreement over Kess. Neelix and Tom Paris are trapped together on an alien planet and must work together so that they and their alien baby ward can survive. Uh, Dan, this one's for you. <laughs>
0: uh, skip it, and then when you're done skipping it, throw it in the trash and skip it again. Okay, so here we go. Here's the storyline, basically, in a nutshell. Neelix is jealous of Tom. Tom is a dick most of the time. They're forced (laughs) to go on a mission together. (laughs) Oh, an emergency takes place. They have to work together. The end of the episode, they put their differences aside. Do me a favor, Bill. Wake me up when Persistence of Vision is on next week, okay?
1: I I think you're telegraphing your vote for the next episode, but uh, I have to agree with you on this one. This one's tough because it's not a terrible episode per se, but it is incredibly predictable. Uh, And the tension between Paris and Neelix just isn't remotely believable to me at all. Um, It's, it's tropey. It's, it's stereotypical. It's, Mm -hmm. it's everything I don't want in, in an hour of television. And so I'm a skip it, Debbie.
2: I am making that a home run. I am a skip it on this as well. Um, if you want to see two characters who don't get along, do that properly, go watch Quark and Odo. Yeah. This episode is just bad.
1: <laughs> For a minute there, I thought you were gonna say if you want to see two characters who don't get along properly, just go watch see Bill and, Bill and
0: Dan and <laughs> Dan. Yeah. Trek Geeks Live. With, April 26th. <laughs>
1: April 26th at the Bank of New Hampshire stage in downtown Concord. New Hampshire tickets available at TrekGeeksLive.com. Look at that. We worked in a plug. That's amazing. That beautifully done. I know. And Cam uh, Kittimer uh, for parturition, I you guys might be surprised by this. I don't know. Um, but it's a uh it's a 61% skip it. Yeah, and so it, it it makes it. It's not as it's not as heavy a vote as some of the others, but there's a definite trend here with parturition. And uh, uh, it's good to know that we're not off base on this one, Debbie.
2: All right, we're going into episode eight: Persistence of Vision. The Voyager crew enters a new region of space and begins to see hallucinations. The captain sees her hollow novel characters come to life, and we are on. Episode eight, so that one goes to you, Bill.
1: Thank you. Uh, this one for me is a see it and barely so. Um, one of the things that Voyager doesn't do so well early in its run are bottle shows. And this one is another example. The, hallucina- the hallucination aspect is fine, but it's a concept that I don't think came together clearly. I know this is a script that Jerry Taylor was really big on and she wanted to do since season one, but I think it was probably the kind of thing that looked better on paper, Dan.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I I almost have verbatim of what you just said. I gave it a see it by the smallest of margins. It's okay. It's better than meh, but not by a lot. Um, I guess having to count on Kess is a drawback in itself. Um, and for a bottle show, it has its moments though. Asking an alien why it's doing this and getting back that eerie "because I can" really worked and was was probably the highlight of the episode. And to quote Q, it's not safe out there. It's wondrous with treasures to satiate desires, both subtle and gross. But it's not for the timid, and you see that right here. Yeah,
1: we absolutely do, um, uh, Debbie. We were just barely skip it. Where do you fall on persistence of vision? You That's were barely see it,'s right? That's what I meant.
2: Yeah, but yeah. I, I fell into see it also. Uh, I think after parturition, <laughs> anything. Needed to work, so yeah, I gave it a see. It
1: well, you know, Camp Kittimer is really pretty divided on this episode. It's uh, it's pretty much 48 to 48, with a a sort of three percent other. So, um, uh, right down the middle, see it or skip it, they could take or leave it, is really the message I get from this.
2: All right, then I'm gonna just move on to episode nine, which is tattoo. Feeling, excuse me, finding a familiar cultural symbol on an away mission. Chakote connects with an experience he had as a child and tries to contact his spirit people. This one goes to you, Dan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I knew this was Um, coming. Skip it. Uh, I don't know. This is, it's just too convenient of a story for me. Like in the 37s, we see something happen on a planet in the Delta Quadrant. That's almost impossible. Um, and this is almost as impossible. It it does allow for some Chakotay backstory and I like some of it. Um, but for me, it's just a bit of a stretch, even with the explanation of how and why those artifacts actually got there. I just, it just didn't, it didn't do anything for me, Bill. So I gave it a skip it.
1: Yeah, I did too. And here comes my second meh of the season. Two? Uh, yeah, I know. We're, we're two in. We're not even, we're not even double digits yet. And I got two meh. <laughs> um, I mean, seriously, is it possible? Sure. I mean, Benjamin Sisko was part wormhole alien, you know, but there's just something that's really terribly uneven and, and sort of ham fisted about this episode. Um, it, 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 I, 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 I want to say I, I'd watch it, but I, I'd probably be lying, Debbie.
2: I gave it a see, it okay. Um, I am, I, I like the backstory, I li- and and you know, I'm not jumping up and down, I'm not putting this on my list of things I'm gonna be. Putting on every two minutes, but I gave it a see it because I enjoyed the backstory of Chakotay in his childhood thing.
0: Well, and one I, question, Bill, before yeah. you before you get into Camp Kinmar, yeah. if I don't, if I remember correctly, this is the one where we see his dad with the hat, right? He's wearing that neat hat in the in some of the flashbacks. I I a- like that guy, whoever that guy is, the <laughs> actor. I like him. So there you go. Yeah, but, the one. Yeah, the one who that, played his father.
1: Yeah, it's not Henry Darrow who plays his dad. I Have we that. seen before in, in Star Trek, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think no. so, yeah. Um, a long-time character actor he's in. He's another yep. one of those guys. He's in just about everything under the sun. So, Camp um, um really isn't all that big on Tattoo either. 62% said skip it outright. Um, and I, I kind of can't say that I blame them, Debbie?
2: Uh, like I said, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not jumping up and down over this episode, yeah. but... Yeah, it was Harry Darrow, by the way.
0: Okay. Ah, good. Thank you.
2: Uh, Where are we then? We are on episode 10, Cold Fire. The caretaker's remains resonate, which might well mean that its mate is nearby. The trail leads to a space colony of Ocampo with psycho
1: Connecticut powers. And that goes to you, Bill. I think this one for me is a see it. Um, I like that they decided to take Kess in some direction. I mean, I'm glad they just picked one and went with it because until now, this character has kind of been flailing. And they chose a direction that was potentially dangerous. I'm all for that. Um, we don't know much about the Okampa, and this adds a lot of texture to that race. Plus, Gary Graham really is kind of great in this episode. Um, and I don't find myself saying that very often. Um, so, Dan, what about what about you, buddy? <laughs>
0: no no -uh. skip it nope uh i again uh, i'm just not a cast person female female caretaker okay i uh, it just it it, this one just doesn't work for me i don't have a lot of i don't have a lot of remembrance about the details of this episode which means it must have not meant much to me in the times that i've seen it in the past and that was even recently when i rewatched voyager with sue on on h and i so yeah um I am I, I hate to say that I think simply because it's a Kess episode already puts it in the negative for me, and I have to build climb that hill to make it change, and it just didn't. What do you think, Deb?
2: I gave it a see it. Um, once again, not jumping up and down, but uh, I rewatched the season for this, and when I went through it, I was like, all right, I, th- this is okay. I, I'm not wanting to fast forward through it, so...
1: I think that's pretty indicative of season two overall. I mean, there yeah. at this point of the season, there's really nothing to jump on and up and down about. Um, some of them are solid episodes. Some of them are, are okay. But um, it seems like it's a very even-keeled start to the season, even if it's not fantastic. So uh, Camp Kittimer um, tends to like this episode uh, a little bit. Uh, and 75% of respondents, three out wow. of four, right off the bat said see it.
0: Wow. Well, that's surprising. I know.
1: I'm really kind of surprised by that myself. So as usual, the campers find a way to surprise us. And, and I think that's pretty cool, Debbie.
2: It's a great community. We're going to go on to 11, which is maneuvers. After the Kazon steal some Federation technology, Chakotay goes after them on his own and is captured. Dan?
0: Well, uh, <laughs> this is a Kazon episode. But guess what? I'm giving it a see it. Can you believe that? Yes, I am. Um, yeah, I'm no fan of the Kazon, but Seska has really grown on me. Um, but I, got, I do have one question. How did Voyager beam the Kazon crew to their ship in the middle of that firefight? Because um, shields. But I can overlook that. Um, the writers may have saved the best for last in this episode, which is something that doesn't happen with the Voyager writers sometimes, in my opinion. That maniacal smile that she gives. You're going to be a father. Ooh.
1: Ouch. Bill. Um, this one's a see it for me. I really like Sesca episodes. Uh Martha Hackett is just fantastic oh. every time she's on screen. And I love that there's something unresolved for Chakotay whenever she's around. And in this case, it's really unresolved, and I'm all over that. <laughs> so uh yeah, maneuvers for me a definite see it, Debbie.
2: I have this as a skip it. Wow, I don't awesome. like the case on, and I, no, I don't either, <laughs> and I do not like Sesca. And not the same way. Like I do not like Kai win, uh, but I, it's not the same and it's nothing against the actress. I just, I just do not like this character and I do not like the K's on. So I will skip K's on episodes. So this is one I'm skipping.
1: Well, okay. Uh, Camp Kittimer uh, said, see this at about the 70% mark. So, uh, uh, they, they, there's an overwhelming vote here for this one. I um I can certainly see why it's just, I, I'm a, I'm a huge, you know, fan of, of Martha Hackett. So I'm in the tank for on this one. So uh, I'm not a fan of Dan. Let's just throw that out well, there. Well, You're welcome. Ouch. Uh, so I, <laughs> it's, it's, it only hurts cause it's true, Debbie.
2: <laughs> all right. Are we moving on? Where, where are we? Um, resistance. We're on number episode 12 resistance. Yeah. Uh, disguised while on an away mission, Captain Janeway is rescued by a man who thinks that she is his daughter,
1: Bill. You know, this one for me is a see it if for no other reason than the performances of Kate Mulgrew and the absolutely legendary Joel Gray. Um, there are a few performers that I think could have gone toe to toe with her in this one, and, and he does an incredible job as he often does. So, uh, Dan,
0: well, I'm gonna give this one a skip, it and that may surprise people. Uh, like Bill, every season has at least one meh, every season. Of every Star Trek series, there is one episode that I absolutely have no recollection what it's about, what the storyline is, any of the dialogue, nothing. And that's this episode, this, <laughs> this season, folks. So no clue. So it must not be that awesome for me. Wow. <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> okay. Um, I gave this a see it as well, Bill, um, and uh, echo your Thoughts on Joel Gray. I love Joel Gray. So um, he's a fantastic actor. And I just loved him showing up in Voyager. So I'm giving this one to see it.
1: You know, one of my fond memories of STLV is is hearing Kate Mulgrew talk about working with Joel Gray. And it just instantly it brought this episode back to my mind. And I started, you know, getting a little misty-eyed and stuff. And because it, it was a performance that meant a lot to her, too, just because of who Joel Gray is. So um, Kittimer... Uh, is also another 70 percent on this episode they would see it um, voyager season two very popular with camp Kettimer, which is actually pretty awesome debbie
2: and that brings us to episode 13 prototype balana gives humanitarian aid to a dying robot found adrift in space the decision to repair it comes back to bite her so to speak and this one goes to you dan
0: yeah, I really like this episode. I'm giving this one It. I like the B-movie style of Robot Man, um, and I really like the dialogue and conversation that he and Bellana have. Uh, and I actually like this more than I realized when I was going through and, and thinking about what I was going to grade it as. Plus, we get that famous or maybe infamous defined prime directive line that is used over at Trek Rank. So yeah. that's always a plus, too, right? So. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Bill, what
1: do you think? Yeah, that's the first thing I <laughs> thought of when I watched this episode. It's like, oh, that's where that line comes from. Um, because at the time I, I hadn't seen it. So, uh, but I actually do say, see it to this episode. Um, Dan, it's interesting how our comments kind of mirror each other in a way, because I I think even if the costume for the prototype looks a little hokey, this is actually a really great episode of star Trek and I'm, I'm all in for it, Debbie.
2: Yeah. I'm all into, I gave this a, see it. I really enjoyed it. And same. I I thought, I thought of our good friend, Jim (laughs) Morehouse.
1: He, uh, um, he does quite the show over there.
2: He's him. I love I love me some Trek ranks. Um, let's see. I'm gonna go on to 14 alliances. Jane tries to make an alliance with a Kazon sect for their own protection so that so they can continue their journey through the Delta Quadrant
1: Bill. Well, before I, I read my my see or skip it for alliances, I will say that uh 85, 94% of respondents in camp Kittimer said they would see prototype by the way. That's the highest of the season so far. Wow. Um, so alliances, that's a definite see it for me. I, I like this episode in the unholy Alliance with the Kazon on faction. Plus, I mean, the trade were an alien species with really great potential. I just wish we had seen them more, Dan. Danny or I
0: me. Mean, yeah. yeah. No, I know. I, I was trying to decide how, how I was going to approach this. I actually um, I'm giving this a see it. And again, people are like, Dan, you hate the Kazon. I, I don't, I don't like the Kazon at all, but Bill's right. The, the trade are very interesting as a species. Um, I thought that Kala was a sexist racist jackal and it was kind of a trope, <laughs> um, but I let it slide because, well, he's Kazon. So that's okay. And thinking back the attack on the Kazon leaders by the, the trade kind of reminded me a little bit about John Harrison opening firing on the leaders of Starfleet and into darkness. And I thought that was kind of cool.
1: Yeah, I agree with that hundred uh, percent. It's always interesting on theater. Skip it. Dan's vocabulary expands, especially with colorful <laughs> metaphors, Debbie.
2: <laughs> well, I am going to um, stick with what I believe. I hate the Kazon. I gave this a skip it.
1: <laughs> That's fair. I, um, yeah, I'm not a huge Kazon fan, but they're just a couple of episodes that I really dig. And, and this one is among them. I think it's mainly because of the tribe, quite frankly. Um, Camp Kittimer, uh, they're not as as warm on this episode. It's a little more down the middle. It's, it's closer to the 50% range and just over as far like 52, 48 as far as this goes. So um, it's, uh, it's definitely a, div- a dividing episode, Devin.
2: Okay. Uh, Let's move on to episode 15. Threshold. Tom's attempt to cross the time warp threshold and make a name for himself results in rapid physical mutation. Uh, Dan?
0: (laughs) Uh, What do you think? You're never gonna believe this, Bill. <laughs> You're never gonna believe you it. You didn't. I'm giving. I'm giving this a see it. Oh, what I I I am. Um, over the over the course of time, I've watched it several more times. We talk about how bad this episode is, and the more we talk about how bad it is, the more I enjoy it. I mean, where else can you see a deforming Tom Paris lose his tongue, turn into a giant lizard, and have babies with Janeway? That is an instant classic Star Trek episode my friend see it prove me wrong
1: I don't have to prove you wrong because it's (laughs) it's my opinion but this is I'm just gonna start here skip it I I just can't even because warp 10 is unattainable if data and Geordi couldn't make that happen Tom Paris isn't gonna do it I'm just throwing that out there Um, plus Janeway and Paris get to have hot lizard coitus yeah (laughs) um and make lizard babies and i think dan's head hit the, the desk there so i this one for me is an absolute skip it. Uh, it 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 deserves the reputation it gets in my opinion debbie
2: uh yeah i have to agree with you bill i i gave this a skip it and the part that sucks is that uh, unlike you i really like the beginning of this like the trying to cross the warp 10 threshold and all that like it sets up as a good episode and then that happens
1: <laughs> <laughs> and i will say one thing they leave the babies they violate the prime directive oh! <laughs> they, they, they they dropped a brand new species on a planet that, that, where it didn't belong um and they all were okay with it but I mean, who was going to get custody of them on weekends? I mean, was Janeway <laughs> going to get them on odd weekends and, and Tommy P going to get them on, on even numbers? I don't know. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, Threshold is, as you might expect, is a dividing episode. I would Remember? think. Um, there were a lot of people who chose see it. There were a lot of people who chose skip it. But there were a lot of people who chose something in the middle. Mm -hmm. So it's almost uh, not really divided into thirds, but see it edges it out by the slightest of margins. Interesting. Yeah. It's like a 40 to 36%. So certainly within a margin of error, perhaps, or people being drunk in Camp Kittimer. I'm not sure, Debbie. That well... No judgments, no judgments.
2: <laughs> that, that that happens everywhere, Bill. Um, <laughs> um, we're going on to episode 16, which is Meld. Tuvok mind melds with a murderous Maquis crewman to better understand the roots of serial killing, losing control of himself in the process. Bill, this goes to you.
1: Thank you. This one for me is a see it and barely. And I say that largely because I don't like the episode. Um, I don't like the idea that a serial killer is wearing a Starfleet uniform. I feel like that would have been weeded out somehow in the process, um, especially like maybe during the psych test. Uh, but Brad Brad Drift is, is fantastic in this episode, even if I don't particularly like it, Dan.
0: Okay. Um, I gave this one a see it. Um, you knew it was bound to happen. This is the first Tuvok shows emotion episode in Voyager, if I remember correctly. Um, and I kind of liked it. I did find the episode interesting from the quote why does a killer kill concept and the psychoanalysis of a serial killer but the biggest thing the best reason to see it in this episode is it's the one where we talked about I think last week where in the holodeck Neelix pokes Tuvok in the face to make him smile and <laughs> Tuvok kills him it's awesome <laughs> <laughs> <Death>. <laughs>
2: Um, I gave this one a see it. I really like this episode. I think that, um, what's his name? The Maki crewman is just chilling lawn suitor. Yes. He is just, he's frightening. Um, sadly, um, in in real life, I've seen some people who've supposedly gone through psych tests to qualify for certain positions and i'm not sure how they passed them either so you know i mean he was a maquis so who knows but i just thought that like both tim russ's performance was awesome yeah um so i gave this a c and i just i really liked the um like the psychological examination going on here
1: well, oh, if it helps, Dan failed just about every psychological test he was ever given, and yet still here he is talking to Star Trek fans every week. So it proves that anything can happen. So maybe I should ease up on this episode. Thanks for hiring me. You're welcome. Camp Kittimer. Um, they're they're actually really high on this episode. Eighty-three percent of respondents said they would see it outright. Um, which is is actually pretty awesome. That's uh among the higher totals of of the season, Debbie
2: yeah um where are we moving to i lost my place oh episode 17 dreadnought balana confronts her maquis past when voyager discovers a cardassian super weapon in the delta quadrant with artificial intelligence that balana once modified that goes to you dan
0: Yeah, I love this episode. I'm giving this one a see-it. It's a good Taurus's past comes back to haunt her episode. Um, And I think it really works well. Again, you know, I, I, I could say, well... Couple episodes, I'm like, this could never happen because there's seventy thousand light years. How did the weapon get there? But I'm going to let that slide because it's that good an episode with Bolana, and I just love how the missiles AI is Bolana's voice, and they have great back and forth between the two during the episode. So I gave it a see it, Bill.
1: I did too, Dan. This is a definite see it for me. It's a well done episode, and I think it's a great showcase for Roxanne Dawson. The only thing I don't like about this is where it happens in the schedule. I think it's a little too close to uh, to prototype, so you get two very yeah. similar. Bolana must deal with a technology episodes like uh, not really back to back, but certainly there's not a lot of breathing room between them. But I, I do I do love this episode, Debbie.
2: Yeah. Oh, I this is a definite see it. This this episode was gripping. I loved it. I love the idea of that she modified the thing, and now I just love everything about it. And then how she had to kind of you know do the Kirk computer speech and, you know, get out of it. I just absolutely think this episode was fantastic.
1: Well, camp Ketimer right there with us. Uh, 94% of respondents would see this episode. And that is again, high praise from our friends in camp.
2: All righty, then let us move on to, um, episode 18 death wish as Voyager's captain Janeway can, a hearing for asylum tied to a suicidal Q's right to die.
1: Bill. You know, this one, without question, as I see it, this is the definition of must see Voyager. I love the concept of this episode. It's good to go to, it's good to see Delancey back as Q, but we also get the bonus of Frakes. I mean, that is fantastic. Plus, Garrett Graham is fantastic in this, and it's good to see him back in Trek as well. Um, you know, he was in, um, uh, what's that episode Dan captive something in deep space nine. Yeah. Something um, like that. yeah. I've, I've heard about but a definite it. Definitely see it yeah. for
0: me. <laughs> yes. Uh, True words were never spoken, buddy. This is definitely a see it for me as well. It's another thought provoking episode of star Trek taken from difficult topics of the day and the morality of suicide. Um, it's a very interesting in the story also that we get to see that the continuum has some internal issues that they have to deal with. Um, but like you said, Garrett Graham absolutely kills it in this role of Q. No pun intended.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: nice, buddy. Nice. <laughs>
2: um, I'm going to see it also on Death Wish. Uh, it's nice to see Q back, but having more depth, you know, at, at some point, like a little bit, Q started to become a little bit of a one-note song. Yep. So it was nice to see him back in a, in yep. this episode.
1: Well, I'll tell you that this is the first time this season that we have a vote from Camp Kittimer where there are no skippets. Yes! 100%. 100% see Death Wish, um, no questions. It's uh, the only time we get a unanimous vote, by the way, in season two of Voyager, Debbie.
2: That's awesome. It Well-deserved. We're going on to episode 19, which is Life Signs. The doctor saves Vidian, dying from the phage by placing her consciousness in a holographic body and then thinks that he's falling in love with her. Dan?
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. This one's me. Sorry. (laughs) I was waiting. I'm like, oh, good. Bill gets to talk. Um, I'm actually going to give this one a see it. Uh, Sheldon from the Big Bang Theory would probably love this episode because it's basically transferring a being's consciousness into an artificial life form, or in this case, uh, a hologram. I thought the chemistry between Picardo and guest star Susan D'All, I think that's how you pronounce her name, um, was very apparent, and it makes for a good romance story in Star Trek that actually works, and we never really ever see that in Star Trek. Um, Even though it's between two holograms, it still worked for me. And I think the B story here was interesting uh with the upcoming sesca stuff because we get to see paris being a complete claptrap most of the time and we don't know why yet so very interesting stuff bill um yeah i'm gonna throw a wrench
1: in this one i'm gonna say it's a skip it but just barely um while i like the fact they're trying to grow the doctor in this episode and have him experience things i just don't like this episode and i really can't put my finger on why that's really kind of the surprising thing and it's a shame too because the vidians are my favorite voyager aliens i mean i should be kind of hardwired to love this episode but it just doesn't work for me unfortunately debbie
2: um i wish you could have put your finger on why because i gave it a skip it too and i I don't know why it just missed. yeah
0: you guys want me to just like leave because you guys never vote with me well
1: <laughs> I, I kind of want you to leave pretty much anyway on principle <laughs> yeah I don't know why because oh, yeah. oh, that's amazing because for the longest time I just I figured it was just me and and I'm, I'm glad to know I'm, I'm not alone
2: I know <laughs> I, mean, I mean I'm even rereading the um, like the synopsis and looking at my vote going why did I <laughs> yeah i've re-watched it and i i don't know
1: That's well dedication I- if it helps um only a few people in camp kittimer said they'd skip it so i mean we're looking at at least you know 88 uh, percent of respondents would see this episode
0: so hey, it, smart campers it
1: clearly resonates with the people who side with dan and maybe it's just because they didn't realize dan was going to vote see it or else <laughs> they probably would have said skip it debbie there you go
2: wow We're on to episode 20 investigations. Tom Paris leaves Voyager and joins a Talaxian space convoy, Bill.
1: Yeah, this one barely. I mean, like hair width is a see it for me. While the talk show aspect is just absurd and silly getting to see Paris do something other than pilot Voyager and make snarky comments all the time is pretty decent. In fact, that's honestly the only reason I'd vote to see this episode, Dan.
0: That's interesting. Um, that aspect of, of why I gave it to see it. I give this one a skip it. The, the talk show thing, like you said, Neelix as hosting a talk show on Voyager is just ridiculous. I rather would have had Morton Downey Jr. Show up on Voyager <laughs> and be the talk show host. Um, I mentioned last episode that I really liked how the Paris story was unfolding and what was going on. I liked that idea, but the climax of why he was doing that being undercover fell really flat for me for some reason. Um, I think there was potential here and it was either left on the writing room floor as another example of wrapping up a story um, or for some other reason. I'm not really sure, but I gave it a skip it Deb.
2: Um, I gave this one to see it. Um, sorry Dan
0: <laughs> <laughs> I figured as much anyway. you don't have <laughs> to appease him Debbie you're doing great
1: <laughs> he um Dan's off and on in left field anyway um uh, if it helps uh Cam Kittimer not they like this episode but they're not as warm on it as they are some others um uh, about 70% or so of respondents said they would see this episode that's uh, still pretty good any hesitation. no it's it's yeah it's wow. definitely a majority but um yeah yeah for me it's just it's it's, it's, (laughs) it's, Mm. Mm.
2: 21 deadlock a spatial scission duplicates voyager everything except their antimatter which both ships share as one ship rips apart the other one comes under attack from our friends the organ harvesting vidians and this one goes to you dan
0: yeah, I have a feeling Well, that I'm probably going to be in the minority in this one again, but I gave this one a skip it. Uh, I thought that the duplicate sharing the same space on another dimensional plane worked here. And that God, it. Sounds familiar. Um, it certainly isn't the mirror universe. I kind of like the idea of what happens, but it didn't wow me. So it's not an oh, my God, this is a see it. So I just kind of went, I guess this could be a skip it barely. Perla- perhaps even with all of its excitement and techno babble, this one falls into the infamous
1: "meh." Build. Wow, you're you, you're dropping mess now. I think I get royalties <laughs> for that. Um, this one for me is to see it. I don't think it's the best ever episode of Voyager. I mean, I know people who say that this is the best episode of Voyager ever. I'm not wow. there because uh, it's not. Uh, but it is pretty solid. Plus, I mean, you get to see Harry Kim die a red shirt style death. I mean, uh, it, just think about this, okay? the Harry Kim we get from this point on is not the one who started the series and no one ever yeah. mentions it again. I mean like, Hey Harry, remember that time that our Harry died and <laughs> we decided to take you on board because you had that baby Samantha Wildman in your arms. That's going to make for some really awkward conversations around the Leola root stew, Debbie. <laughs> <laughs> I gave this
2: one to see it.
1: <laughs>
2: I like the Vidians. Um, yeah, the baby Samantha. Yep. Um, I don't have anything else to add to that.
1: <laughs> you know, it's it, it's so it, just dead. Harry Kim just I, the kids suffer so much. He even dies, and they keep him on board. That's amazing.
0: So, Bill. I, are you serious that people say this is the best episode of Voyager ever? I, I know of
1: at least a couple of people who think this is the best of all the Voyager episodes.
0: Wow. Maybe they should watch something like, I don't know, Timeless. But uh, anyway. Hey, <laughs> uh, to each you know, the champion zone. Yep, that's right. Everyone's favorite somebody else is somebody else's non favorite. Yeah. But that does surprise me very much. Interesting. Well, if it helps,
1: I'm just throwing this out there 91% of Camp Kittimer respondents said they would see a deadlock. It is a solid episode. It's just, it's, it's by no means top 10 in my book. Mm. Uh, and I know Trek ranks agrees with that because I think it's like in the teens there. So there, Dan, Ta-da. Debbie. Oh <laughs> okay. Bill.
2: Um, episode 22, innocence. Tuvok crashes on the planet where he finds some children who know that they're all going to die.
1: Bill. You know, I'm going to say see it. I actually love this episode, and it's one of my favorites of season two. The ending is not quite what you'd expect, and Tuvok learns a lot from this experience. I think that's really key for him. Plus, I mean, Annoyed Tuvok is really kind of fun Tuvok, Dan.
0: <laughs> Isn't he? <laughs> okay, this one for me, I'm in, I am not exaggerating at all when mm-hmm. I say I went back and forth on this one at least four times. And I'm actually going back again as I'm reading right now based on what I wrote in the spreadsheet. I originally decided to give this a skip it, but I think I have to give it a see it partly for the reason because it was such a a difficult decision for me to make. The one thing that was going to give it a skip it for me was that in watching it, it was kind of boring for me. A lot of filler. Um, But – I'm going to change it to a C because this is an example of the problem I've had in the past with Voyager in reverse. The writers had a met episode for the first 40 minutes, then realized they were out of time and wrapped it up wonderfully. I thought it was really a great ending. Plus, as an added bonus... This is the episode that in the outtakes of Voyager, you have Tuvok running up, going up towards the cave and then turning away and running running away and going, I'm not going in there. And that's one of the funniest <laughs> bloopers in the entire uh, Voyager um, vault. So I'm going to change it to a see it. So I'm going to make the change right now.
1: That's fantastic. Boom. I wasn't expecting that at all. I, I yeah. think that's awesome. Debbie, where do you come down on uh, Innocence?
2: I come down as a see it on this, definitely. I, I love Tuvok the parent. I just love him parenting the the kids. I have my little air quotes up there. Um, <laughs> I just, I find this episode really
1: touching. I really enjoy it. That's fantastic. And, uh, camp kind tends to agree with us 62 percent of people voting in debbie's awesome survey said that they would see this episode that's a healthy number um i just i know something about this episode just really resonated with me and dan i can understand why you change your vote because um mm. there are some great elements to it so yeah back to you debbie
2: and we are at episode 23 the thaw. Voyager finds a group of people in connected stasis chambers where something has gone terribly wrong.
0: This episode is great. (laughs) I love this episode. This is a definite see it for me. If nothing, but for the performance of Michael McKeon. Yes. Lenny from Laverne and Shirley. He is so great in this episode. It's scary and it's dark but yet it's humorous and goofy at the same time. It works on every level for me. I love it, Bill.
1: I have to agree with you. I actually love this episode quite a bit. It's a definite c for me. It's so outside the norm of Star Trek that I think it's a bold choice for Voyager. Uh, one of my favorite Joe Minoski episodes of all time, plus the ending where Janeway gets the best of the clown is just so damn good, Debbie. Um, skip it. <laughs> See, we had all this build-up and I, Debbie <laughs> brings us right back down to earth with the I just
2: ugh, it 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 reminds me of uh what Alexander and Loxana and the mud bath. Oh, and yeah. I just oh yeah. there's I just I don't know. There's something I, I don't know. It it just I don't. It just isn't doesn't click with me. So sorry.
1: No, that's fair. Um, because for the longest time, I didn't really enjoy this episode. This was one I had seen outside of my rewatch of Voyager, where I finally finished the series. And at first, I didn't like this episode at all. But in uh, upon further review, as they say in the NFL, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit.
0: One of the things that I like about this episode is the weird camera fishbowl lens aspect that happens from time to time. I really think that gives it another layer of eeriness to it.
1: Well, Camp Kittimer, uh, three quarters of the respondents said that they would see the thaw. Season two still remains very popular with Camp Kittimer. I'm, I'm very you know, very psyched about that. Um, it tells me that Voyager is pretty solid with the fandom out there, Debbie.
2: Definitely. Um, Episode 24 is um, Tuvix. Transporter Trouble merges Tuvok and Neelix into one, creating Tuvix spill.
1: Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. This one, it is a see it for me. And I say that even though I've grown to hate this episode. Um, I don't think it's much of a dilemma in any way. And I don't think the ending was going to be anything else than what it was. There's no way Janeway was going to make any other choice. And that's largely because of the real world factors. The actors weren't leaving the show. And I think that's what takes me right out of it. Is it done well? Yes. Is it, is it well acted? Absolutely. I just don't find it as great as everybody else does. And Dan, think of this as my yesterday's enterprise for Voyager, but that said, Uh see it. And I want to stress that.
0: Interesting. I like that. Uh, I like that, uh, that the way that you put that, man, I gave this one to see it. I think it's one of the most controversial and thought invoking episodes of Voyager, if not Star Trek history. Do you kill one being to save the other two? Uh, you can easily argue yes, and you can easily argue no, depending on who you are. I think that one of the reasons this episode works so well is just that very separation between the two. And I really would love to have seen a, quote, mirror universe kind of episode where we see the alternate ending just to see what would have happened. But uh, it it makes you think on a lot of levels. So I gave it a see it. Debbie?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I gave it a see it. Um, I get that, well, neither of them were leaving the show. But still, it is – I love the the Kobayashi Maru of it. I love that they're – what is the right answer? And and there is no such thing as the right answer. But um, when people, fans or whatever, can come together and listen to, one, to each other and talk, I mean, that, that has implications for just society in general and stuff we're not doing very much these days. So I just, I think that the moral dilemma is one that will never be like solved But the conversation, good conversation will continue to happen.
0: Hey, Bill, let me ask you this. As I think as, as Debbie was talking, I was thinking of this. Let's pretend that Voyager is being done today. And we have shows like Game of Thrones and Walking Dead and all of these other episodes discovery. where you can have the biggest names, <laughs> yeah, discovery, yeah, yeah <laughs> discovery, the biggest names, the biggest stars in the show that could get killed off at any moment and not be in the show anymore. If you take that aspect of the real world actors being on the show, does it change it for you a little bit? I don't
1: know, uh, mm. and that's largely because Voyager is still so episodic. Yeah. Well, shows today don't tend to be that way. Um, they don't develop amnesia from one week to the next. Uh, they tend to tell a more cohesive plot over a season. Well, I suppose okay. cohesive is is relative, depending on whether or not the writers actually do their job. But um, I, I maybe it's hard for me to say.
0: Okay, just curious. Um, what camper
1: say? Well, that's really interesting because <laughs> I expected this to be more of a unanimous vote on Tuvix because it does elicit such debate. And actually only 84% of respondents said they would see this episode. Mm. Um, that actually kind of surprised me. It's still a very positive, very uh, very, you know, um, favorable rating for Tuvix. I'm just surprised that there are as many skippets as there are, quite honestly, Debbie.
2: Well, I'm moving on to episode 25, resolutions. Captain Janeway and Chakotay contracted an incurable virus, and they can only survive if they stay behind together on a planet which negates the effects of the disease. This goes to you, Dan.
0: Yeah, I'm going to give this one a see it. I love this. Is this the one where the monkeys like watching them yep. from time to time? Yep. Okay, yep. Yeah, I really like this episode. It really shows the connection and the bond between Catherine and Chakotay, and I really like it. It's not forced uh, at all to me. And it just works on a lot of levels. And I got to tell you, if I ever have to move and want to downsize, I want to get one of those plug and play houses that they have because it's <laughs> <that's> pretty cool.
1: <laughs> There's an entire like series of shows on like HGTV about tiny homes, Dan. I think you'd be all over. it. <laughs> um, this is actually one of my all time favorite Voyager episodes. So it's a definite see it for me because we get to see Janeway and Chicote just exist. They get to be human. No uniforms, no Starfleet insignias. It's an episode that I think is really done well, and we get to see these two characters just relate to one another. Plus, he builds her a bathtub. I mean, come on. That's kind of awesome. I get where all the Janeway Chakotay shipping comes from now. I I honestly do. Uh, Debbie... What about you and Resolutions?
2: I am 100% see it on this. I think it's wonderful. I think that I love the relationship between Chakotay and Janeway, and I love how it continues throughout the course of the show. I feel a little bit sorry for Chakotay here because I think he was maybe hoping for something a little bit more, but it doesn't matter. That this This episode is just absolutely wonderful where we just get to see them um, being people instead of being officers.
1: Yeah, and that's really what drives it for me. Um, and that's also, I think, what may drive it for Camp Kittimer because 88% of respondents said that they would see resolutions. So it's a it's a very solid episode. Um, and I, I like the monkey too. What can they say? <laughs> monkey cute. He's cute. Nah. And we're going
2: to round off the season with the uh, the part one of oh, Basics. Um, the Kazon take over Voyager and strand the crew on a desolate, primitive planet. Only Tom Paris, Lon Suter, and the Doctor are left to retake the ship.
1: Bill? You know, I'm going to say this one is a see it. It's an okay cliffhanger and one that certainly leaves things in a spot where you kind of ask yourself, well, what the hell are they going to do now? Um, plus, I mean, there's Seska. I mean, lots of Seska in this episode, and I'm all (laughs) on board for that. Um, I tend to like the first halves of cliffhangers, Dan, and I know you're kind of in that boat. What do you think?
0: Uh, I gave it see. it I'm going to go. I'm going to say that right off the bat. It's the end of the season. And that means cliffhanger for the most part. But I got to say, this one's a dull cliffhanger for me, man. Wow. Um, it's kind of along the lines of descent part one for me. Which wasn't the you know the biggest cliffhanger, or the uh, Mark Twain one, Times Arrow Part yep. One, it was kind of eh too. Um, but the whole Keska Chicote <laughs> thing to me is is really enjoyable to watch because Martha Haggett is just so awesome. Um, I've grown to really, really love the character, where I'd never liked her before. Who the hell is Keska? <laughs> Did I say Keska? <laughs> Did I say Keska? Well, yeah. What, what's next? You gonna call her that's, Fresca? That's, I, I
1: was gonna that's, say Fresca. That's, that's-
0: <laughs> Keska. I'm thinking Kesha the singer, you know. I mean, I anyway, um, yes, yeah, Seska. See, that's my typing, because I just read what I wrote, so you know what I meant, and I'm glad you corrected me for it. Thanks, Bill. You're a jerk. But anyway, uh, it's,
2: <laughs> the, it's the forgotten episode where Kes and Seska have been joined by the transporter, and oh. they become Keska. <laughs>
0: he, and then this one, they keep this character Absolutely. and let the other two and die. <laughs> <laughs> Seska. That's awesome. Maybe, maybe I was thinking Cardassian Seska. Maybe that's what was all you're reaching you
1: just can't (laughs) type
0: anyway the big thing with this uh, episode i did give it a see it don't get me wrong um they've been at high warp for two seasons now and they're still dealing with the kazon come on man debbie um you know um i
2: hate the kazon (laughs) really and i and i do not like seska I gave this episode a see it. I love it. Nice. <laughs> and the the other the part that I really love is that an episodic TV lawn suitor got brought back like wow. from from Meld. I just mm-hmm. and yeah. just uh, I really enjoyed this episode. I just really think it was so cool that, yep, you're you're landing the ship and you're going get off, <laughs> get off now, and away they go.
1: I really like that they didn't just, you know, confine him to quarters and forget he was there for seven years.
2: Absolutely. Um, I
1: mm-hmm. I was glad that they made that callback because I'd honestly I'd forgotten he was there when I was rewatching right. the series. So
0: those eyes. Those
2: yes, eyes. he's creepy.
1: Yeah, Yeah, he's kind of like Dan creepy. I mean, I know what you (sighs) mean. Uh, (laughs) Allegedly. So 84% of respondents said that they would see Basics part one. And that brings us to the end of season two of Voyager and the first see it or skip it in um, months, Dan.
0: Yeah, that's a long, that's a long drought. It's like you being funny.
1: Wow, yeah, that was really hilarious, Dan. Great job. Um, (laughs) Notice there's a lot of yucks there on that one. Um, Well, I happen to have the totals for the season. So, Debbie, we'll start with you as our our fabulous guest and our our referee for the episode. You were 18 of 26 for 69.23% on See It. I think that's pretty respectable. Dan, you were just below that with 17 out of 26 for 65.38%. I came in, yeah, thank you. The, the Price is Right, Horns of Failure. That's awesome. I came in at 19 of 26 for 73.08% wow. on the See It side. So all in all, a, a very you know uh, respectable showing for season two. Dan, you probably don't remember this because we did it three years ago, I think. Um, for season one, you had 43%. Ouch. Ouch. And for season <laughs> season one, I had fifty six and quarter percent Huh. keeping in mind there's only sixteen episodes in season one
0: yeah that's interesting and looking at the numbers I'm actually glad because as as I've said before i've I've got a much better appreciation for voyager than I have had in years past so to see the see that I had as high as they are i if you had asked me a couple of years ago, I don't think it would have been that high. So I'm glad that they were uh, at 17 out of 26. I'm I'm happy with that.
1: Yeah, no, I am too, Debbie. Uh, as this is your first appearance on Trek Geeks and your first 4A into the theater skip it field, how did it go? Did you land about where you thought you would with season two?
2: Yeah. I, yes. I mean, the early seasons of Voyager were, you know, kind of to me like kind of like TNG kind of like any of the earlier series it Mm -hmm. it took a little while for each series to kind of hit their stride um honestly back in the the live broadcast days I actually watched Voyager more faithfully than I did DS9 um I did watch the beginning of DS9 and um due to life at the time I started to not be able to watch it each week and because they went serialized when I came back to watch DS9 I was like what's going on now I can't even watch this anymore so when Voyager came on I was like well thank god we're back to a normal show that I can watch so I watched Voyager and I like I don't know if you guys, I really went back and totally rewatched um, DS9 from the beginning because of you guys. Oh wow! wow. Nice. And now I've rewatched it many times, and and it's like, although I was a diehard Next Generation person, um, I think Voyagers, I mean, I think DS9's edging it out at this point. I, I love that show so much, nice. so. I have you guys to thank for that.
1: Aw. Awesome. Even though Dan's on the podcast, that's amazing. I really even though, yeah.
0: yeah. Hey, oh, whoa. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Debbie, we can't thank you enough for all you do um, as far as the theater skippets and just being a just a wonderful member of Camp Kittimer, you know, in, in any event. Um, we hope that we get the chance to see you at STLV one of these years. Um, Hopefully
2: this year. That's, oh, that is no, that is my I'll goal. That, that is my goal to good, good. to be there this
1: year. That would be so awesome. And just know that your first couple of drinks are on Dan. So, <laughs> um,
0: that's, that's good because now I can buy her drinks and not have to worry about buying you anything. So thanks, wow. buddy.
1: Well, Dan, of course, we thank Debbie. And we also have to thank our friends, the band Five Year Mission, without whom we would be just musicless. And that would make for a really dull and boring podcast because people would hear your voice. And nothing more. Uh, Does that
0: mean you wouldn't be talking ever again, as we hope? Uh, no, I'd fall
1: asleep because you're you're just drone on and my fa- My head would hit the desk. But, uh, you know, 5-Year Mission is every bit of music you hear here on Trek Geeks and on Rewind. And, of course, on 5-Year Mission, the podcast, which we were just talking about earlier, is, is fantastic. We want everyone to download their podcast, wherever podcasts are found. And head on over to 5-YearMission.net, get all their albums, become a huge, huge fan because we guarantee you... You're going to love their original songs for Star Trek, Dan.
0: They're all awesome. I love listening to them. I love listening to their podcast. Uh, Five-Year Mission is awesome, but I have to... I'm going to do a little impersonation for you here now, Bill. You ready? Here we go. The first duty of every Starfleet officer is the truth, whether it's scientific truth, historical truth, or personal truth. It is the guiding principle of which Starfleet is based. And if you can't find it within yourself to stand up and tell the truth about what happened, you don't deserve to wear that uniform. How was that? Was that all right? You sounded
1: a little constipated.
0: Okay, well, I am, but that's all right. That's another story. (laughs) (laughs) That's the dressing down you get when you do something against the rules and someone gets killed and then you try to cover it up. Poor Noah. He had such a bright future ahead of him with the band. Perhaps they shouldn't have tried to perform that culvert fark burst. Uh, Not as good as last week's, is it?
1: No, none of them have been as good as last week's, and this one is no exception. So, in this analogy, is Noah dead? I, I will let you make that decision. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen. I haven't
0: seen the episode. I, you apparently have. you got this vault where you find all these alternate episodes. Spoilers. You're just going to have to go find it and watch it for yourself. Poor Noah. <laughs> we love Noah. And we love Five-Year Mission. Yes, we do.
1: Please sign it out to Five-Year Mission and get all their CDs in your hands with that physical media, despite the terrible Farcisms that that Dan comes up with. And now Fark apparently makes his Twitter name. <laughs> yeah it's going to be good this can't week wait for him to use this one uh, of course don't forget you can support the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content via Patreon you can check out our, our annual supporters pin design our brand new t-shirt design for 2020 and even get raw unedited audio of all of our podcasts along with a whole bunch of other perks Mr. Daniel
0: great perks uh, we want to take a moment right now though to thank our associate producers of Trek Geeks we are so grateful for their support thank you Adam Sanders, Brandon Everidge, Heather Sohn John Krikorian, Rick Tatro, Trey Womack, Sean Lynn, Shane Murray, Tim Robertson, Tim Serdar, Vikram Bat, Greg Rozier, Andy Fark, Kimberly Francis, Ron Robel, Brooke Horton, Christina <laughs> Werther, Jim McMahon, Luke Burnham, Eric Sakian, Lisa Tomlinson, and the gracious and wonderful Comrade Hutchins. <laughs> I'm just never going to stop doing that. If I were Conrad,
1: I don't know that I'd be psyched that you do it that way or a little freaked out. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Um, We also want to thank our Trek Geeks producers for their support. They are Ken Tripp, Casey Shasky, Charlie Mulvey, Chris Trebuzio, Craig Ewing, Eric Extreme, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Mike Bovia, Harry Michelson, Patrick Escudero, Sean O'Halloran, Peter Craig, Ben Russett, Ken Bird, Jamie Rogers, David Hood, Rachel Delaney, and the lovely and talented
0: Jess Vashon. You too can become a producer on the Trek Geeks Network. Head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks today for all the details. You
1: know, Dan, one of the perks of being the executive producer is you get to choose the episodes we discuss on Trek Geeks. And next week, we're going to head back to our favorite station to talk about an episode that I truly just love.
0: You, you very much love this. And you, when you told me this, I was like, huh? So um, I'm not so sure how I feel about this episode. I'm going to have to watch it again. And maybe I will think outside the box. Bill, get it? See what I did there? You will, because next week we're going to deep dive into Paradise, Season 2, DS9. Next week on Trek Geeks, the flagship podcast of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network.
1: In related news, we're looking for a new co-host for Trek Geeks. So, people interested should send their emails to. Oh, sorry, Dan. You weren't supposed wow. to hear that. Uh, of course, for more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. You can find them all online at trekgeeks.com. And, of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek's yo, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode number 206 of the Trek Geeks Podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper.
0: You are coconut, Bill, to the core.
1: No. No, I'm not. I'm not Coconut. I'm not Pina Coladas. I don't like getting caught in the rain. None of that crap. (laughs) Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing one song for each episode of the original series. Download their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast,
0: is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producer, Bill Smith. For even more Star Trek discussion, check out Discovering Trek, a Star Trek
2: Discovery Companion. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and DiscoveringTrek.com.
1: Bing bong.
0: Bing bong.
1: You sound like you're going to throw up when you do that. Don't do that. Because then it's going to make me throw up, and that's
0: gross. Your face makes me want to throw up.
1: No, I'm being serious on this one. Don't, uh,
0: don't do that. My God, I just love – It gives love me the dry, dry heaves. It's like driving a dagger in your back. It's just something I love to do.
1: Ugh. No, it's driving, a, it, it's driving a dagger straight down my throat. And it, it makes <laughs> me going to vomit.
0: Okay. Okay. And I'd like to avoid that. All right. So basically you don't like my singing. No, I think you covered it. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> hey, buddy. How are you? Um,
1: I well, I notice you're obviously people can't see you right now, but I notice you're growing the top half of your goatee back.
0: yeah, I'm growing my mustache back and uh, it's not going over well with the missus. really? <laughs> oh, she went've my our entire relationship, I've had a goatee. I've never not had a mustache. There was one time during Red Sox playoff season where I shaved off the part under my lip, so I had like a Fu Manchu going, mm-hmm. but I had the mustache. So I've never not had it. And because of the Galt cosplay and everything, it was kind of funny looking and 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 trimmed differently. So after STLV and and um, Trek Condoroga, I said I, I shaved the whole thing off, and she liked that. She liked kissing me with that, so I've kept it off the whole time. But now I'm like, I can to grow it back because it just does. It, it's me, so yeah. no, it's not. It, I do like I have. I like having a mustache.
1: It's not about what you like anymore. It's about what the people want. What what people want a bag done? over your head.
0: Wow. <laughs> well, then I guess it doesn't matter if I have the mustache or not sure, per- because per- I'm covered. Preferably plastic. <laughs> <laughs> with a zip tie, right? Uh, hey,
1: your words, not mine.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I am. I don't know how long uh, it's going to start. She really only last to say two words and I'll shave it off in like a second. But um, I'm keeping it right now and see how, see how far I can get with it.
1: I am still clean shaven.
0: It, you are. It, it
1: has thrown a lot of people off
0: it's thrown me off. I'd like to throw myself off a building sometimes when I see you clean I'm
1: going to keep shaving then because I really (laughs) want to see that happen. We work in a a 14-story building and uh, I would pay money to see you come flying right down past seven That's all I'm saying.
0: my goodness gracious. It got really dark all of a sudden. It got very, very dark. So speaking of this, let's just talk a little bit about STLV while we're sitting here talking before we record because you came up with a brilliant idea that I'm very seriously considering Doing for STLV this year.
1: Now, it's one, I want to say off the bat, you don't often give me credit for coming up with great ideas, so I'm struggling to figure out which one it is.
0: All right, well, I'm going to do my Galt cosplay again because that's just a given. I, I mean, that's something I'm going to want to do every year. But you had the fantastic idea the other day that you ran by me of I should do a Picard cosplay and oh, I yeah. walk around impersonating Patrick Stewart all day. And I think it's brilliant. So I'm gonna try to find an Admiral Picard uniform from episode three. If I can find it, and it looks good, I'm doing it, brother. But I'll have to do Galt on Friday and shave this all off for Saturday because Picard doesn't have it. A-
1: Unless you do Galt on Saturday and and JLP on Sunday. Sunday's kind of like a quieter day. It is, but all you're doing for Picard is putting on a uniform. Well, oh, that's true too. Yeah. I, 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 uh-huh, and I'm going to throw this out there. I think if you don't find the season... Oh, I'm sorry, the, the Episode 3 Picard yeah. Admiral uniform, yeah. you should go with either the Picard Standard Duty uniform from First Contact mm-hmm. or the Season 5 Captain's Variant uniform with the jacket.
0: I think I'd go with the First Contact one. I like that one. I do like the jacket, but I've always liked the First Contact one.
1: It looks, sm- it looks sharp.
0: Yeah, it does. And, and I would look sharp in it.
1: Now... Would you do the variant with the vest or the full uniform?
0: Probably the full uniform. Okay. What I'd love to do, but I would not do it because a) it would be very expensive, and b) very easy to get dirty. Is the dress, the dress uniform in Insurrection? I just love, I love the white, um, but uh, I won't do that one. I'll tell you that right now. Not gonna do it.
1: Um, what I hear you saying is you're not committed to this.
0: I'm committed to Picard. I'm just not committed to what uniform yet. So So what
1: I hear you saying is you're not committed.
0: You're deaf. Huh? Is what I'm hearing. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) You are Starfleet to the call. I'm I'm taking it up with you, John Champion. Oh, nice. Very good. And you can be like, Commander, it's too soon for this. (laughs) (laughs) Commander,
1: it's too soon for this. (laughs) That is priceless. It is. Your face is priceless. It is, yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't put a price on it, really. No,
0: I wouldn't want you to, because you ugly. don't have enough zeros in your bank account.
1: You're a zero. Your face is a zero.
0: <laughs> See it or skip it, baby. See it or skip it. Yeah, It's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. It's been a long road. Shut up. Yep. Shut up. <laughs> not, not today. But we did get from there to here. You
1: know. Shut the hell up. It's been a
0: long time, see. Stop it! My time's here. No more! (laughs) I'm done.
1: (laughs) Are you? Get it out of your system.
0: Nope. I'm done. I'm gonna stop. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Enterprise is not dangerous. There he is! He did one of his own! Yeah! I hate you so much right now. That's beautiful. You've driven me to this. Oh, was, I just,
0: oh God! I, I'm going to take that. I'm going to make that my ringtone.
1: I'm going to throw you. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> I'm going to throw you off the top of the building myself.
0: Bill did a Cyrano Jones,
1: and now watch. I'm going to be the prime suspect on Dateline, and the <laughs> they'll actually think that I threw you off the top of the building. So if somebody's going to commit the perfect crime, send uh, me up the river. It's all how I'm saying.
0: How'd you do it? He did Cyrano Jones.
1: One too many Sierra Jones. <laughs> the top of the building is not
0: dangerous. No, it's and the actually, bottom of the building actually that's dangerous.
1: It's that <laughs> deceleration trauma that gets you every time. Deceleration trauma. You go from traveling at a high rate of speed to
0: stuff at the bottom. Yeah. Speaking of deceleration speed, very off topic, but I just thought of it. So the last few nights Thor Ragnarok has been on television. And <laughs> I can't wait to hear how you arrive at this. And and soon I it, it, the the movie, every time I watch it, it's funnier and funnier. They there's a there's a lot of comedy in this movie. It's really great. And at the end, when they're on Asgard, uh, Bruce Banner is in the spaceship up above the um uh the Bifrost Bridge. And he's he's talking to go and he goes, I'm gonna take care of this. Now you'll know what I mean when he said that I'm I'm good for the team. And he jumps out of the spaceship and I don't know how high it is, but then they show him land on the Bifrost. He didn't turn into the Hulk yet and he just like kind of plats down on the bifrost like deceleration like you were just talking about that's where it came from but it was funny he didn't die and then he turned into the hulk and he fought the big dog so there you go
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is what people tune into the trek geeks podcast i
0: know for. outtake just think next january you're gonna be rewinding this section people trust me
1: no they're gonna be fast forwarding <laughs> so like i'm gonna do but i might do that this week <sighs> it's Are you uh you ready there, Joe? Oh, oh, I think so. <laughs> All right, make it so.